Welcome to the Chad Harrison Insights Podcast. In our new audio series, we'll be tackling the trending topics from our specialist sectors and talking to thought leaders to get their take on the events that are shaping their industry. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to CH Insight. The topic for this week's podcast is addressing EV charging and the challenges which lay ahead. I'm delighted to be speaking with a known expert, Tommy Ristimarki, CEO of ChemPower, a Finnish-born EV charging company that designs, manufactures and commercialises charging solutions for electric-powered vehicles and machinery. Tommy began his career 11 years ago when cleantech was really in its early growth stage. I asked Tommy the why and he responded, the answer is simple although cliche. I wanted to make a positive impact on the world and that has been his mantra from the beginning. Electrification of transportation is at the heart of both the mobility and energy revolutions, creating a booming market and an exciting future for EV charging players. The industry's exponential growth means that the market opportunities abound whilst introducing new business and technical challenges. Digital service platforms are the glue between the mobility and energy worlds. The key challenge is ensuring that the right infrastructure is in place to address a continuously evolving market. A robust and flexible EV charging and energy management software platform that can adapt to changes in the industry is essential to a successful EV charging business. While early entrants are finding that their existing software platform can no longer keep up with the rapid growth and changes in the market, other companies, especially existing utilities, oil and gas companies, need a unified solution that delivers easy migration, integration and connectivity to legacy systems, while supporting subsidiaries, varying business models and ensuring regulatory compliance across the regions. Hello, Tommy. Uh, thank you for your time today. This is uh, really very much appreciated. This is a very interesting subject, and I know the audience are going to be um, very keen to hear some of uh, your thoughts on how the charging uh, is developing. Um, I guess one of my questions straight away is your company, ChemPower, started in 2018, which is only four years ago. Um, and during that time, the market has experienced exponential growth. You will have seen this doubling the number of charge points in Europe alone. This is a fast and ever-evolving complex market. What do you feel companies such as your company, ChemPower, should be focusing on? Uh, thank you, Jane, for the invitation and the great possibility to actually share my ideas here. So uh, I, I think coming from the how the company is focusing our efforts today, that it, it's making the electric movement possible in the world and make the EV charging possible for everyone and everywhere. And how I feel it actually, how we are making and what's our goal is also to use user experience is a big part of our, the how to make it also for the new EV drivers, how to make it as convenient as possible to our direct customers who are, let's say, selling the electricity from the, from, uh, from the systems or the users actually buying the electricity. They make the user experience so easy, uh, so convenient that they try to come up with, uh, go out of this kind of that you need to have special talents and special things in there. And when we are looking at our systems, it's actually our target is everything that moves 
with uh, let's say battery power today so it's very much focused on, on personal cars because of course the uh, industry is growing fast but also buses and trucks but in the long run of course other other vehicles in water and maybe in the air as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I've, I've noticed that. Um, I, I know that the design of your charging um, units, they're, they're accommodating um, as much as possible uh, across the range so every person uh, can actually use them easily, which is fantastic to see. Um, but at the moment, um, there are only uh, 377,000 charging stations in total in Europe. And this is about half of what was promised to accommodate the demands of all the drivers. Um, And for example, in October of this year, there were discussions in the EU Parliament regarding the requirement of member states to build EV charging points at least every 60 kilometres on main motorways. This hasn't happened, obviously. Realistically, Tommy, when do you believe this will be achievable? I I think it's an interesting question. I I think it's... uh everybody building charging networks job well done to reach this number already so this is something that uh, we could only dream of three uh, when we're looking at the situation three years ago so i think the development has been extremely fast when looking at of course the constraints in the market uh, when we look at the infrastructure and how how fast you can do things and the demand for charging station also for us manufacturers is higher than all the manufacturers production capacities put together so of course, it's a difficult goal if you set the targets so high, but I mm-hmm. think in, in in Europe it has been still a lot faster than many other places in the world. Mm-hmm. And and basically, of course, we hope that this will happen. Uh, making some kind of rules on having 60 kilometer doesn't fit to every place, so there should be some reason to it. Some places would need it uh, in in uh, let's say more charging points available because the sheer number of electric vehicles is higher. And then, of course, I, I think uh, where the government support, uh, I say that all the interviews that I don't really like subsidies on EV <laughs> charging because it might lead to choosing wrong systems or wrong uh, solutions. It should be people actually choosing based on the, the real market, uh, the, the best solution for the, pay, best, the, for the case. That's but uh, what is actually a message also to the government that there is um, areas with, which are let's say, not so densely populated. And the government's subsidies supports are needed on those regions to reach this goal, to make it actually possible to move everywhere. Because uh, I, I think the densely populated areas will come naturally, because there is a need and uh, basically the then the operators who operate charging points, they are seeing the, let's say, the business and it comes basically through that. But when we are looking at, especially we, we experienced it in, uh, uh, in Northern Finland, in Finland, in, in our country, uh, that there is almost nobody living in the north, but people are still traveling in the north and you have main motorways and main highways going up to the, over the Arctic Circle. Mm-hmm. So in that area, if there is not enough tourists in certain regions and you want to make this change possible, there should be some kind of, uh, let's say, schemes to support. And I, I think the other countries share the same area. In UK, it's probably some of the northern parts of Scotland which are experiencing the yes, same thing. quite remote, yeah, yeah, but people yeah. travel to. Um, I, I guess one of the things this raises, one in my mind, is the cost of energy. Uh, particularly electricity, um, is the forefront in everyone's mind right now. Um, 
how is this going to work with all these new charging points and and and, and will the grid be enough to sustain constant charging capability this is of course a big question and it, it also varies country by country in the Nordics, we have quite stiff grids, and in some other countries where we have a, let's say, a little bit older electricity grids, maybe that that situation is is not that easy. But uh, this is also when we look at the uh, the energy as a total, people are thinking somehow that uh, energy coming from fuels and energy coming from from electricity is somehow different. Uh, electric vehicle is more efficient. So when we are looking at the energy position in, in a total, uh, using electric vehicle leads to using less energy. Then it comes to the next point to, to ask, how do you produce your energy? Or how do you transfer the energy? And uh, there's years and years of development how the fuel transport is done, but also that transport is is not emission free when you're doing it with trucks and transporting fuel with electric trucks is is kind of weird thought as well. But uh, I'm looking at the grid situation in a way that uh, the energy transition will need uh, investments in other places as well, and and basically solving. The puzzle, I think, it in, in in my way, I look at an engineer's view. Uh, changing the car changes one portion of the equation. Then you need to solve the, the grid capacity and you need to solve the energy production mm -hmm. that we have enough green energy. And I yep. still believe as well that using like a diesel oil in a very efficient power plant producing electricity is a better efficiency than having a mobile power plants going on the ways and producing the emissions in every place we go which also is uh, leading to my other topic in there what what i'm concerned that uh, the gasoline diesel cars are not very clean also for the local emissions which is affecting the people and the nature yeah. uh, locally and uh, of course we come I think we become also the one strength of Kempower is actually using the available grid capacity in a location in the most efficient way. Mm -hmm. So our solution is also targeted from the point of view that uh, we expect the grid uh, power capabilities to be limited and yeah. how to make that limitation to be as efficient as possible. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's good. That's well, that's quite interesting. When, when you were talking before about the um, when we were talking about the remote areas. There is a report, McKinsey Research um, shows that unmanaged substations increased peak load from the EV charging power demand will eventually push the transformers, the, the sort of older transformers beyond their capacity, uh, requiring expensive infrastructure upgrades at the end of the day. Um, so are we? would you say we're plugging one hole and digging another in this effect? I think well, from my point of view, I think it's a multiple task what we are doing when we are electrifying. Uh, I think the load of electrical energy has been increasing over the years when different kind of things already before the moving things have been moving uh, into this direction. And, and we need to actually keep the grid also in shape mm -hmm. because I think having uh, two old transformers transferring energy to people's homes is, is not also a good system. Good decision. Oh. So there, there, there will be, I think, uh, investments in, in in other places, and I also 
see that. Uh, I think using the it's a intelligent solutions. What we are also working on, uh, like a certain charting sites that we have a back end system in our site that we can actually limit the peak power demands and actually talk to the grid in case we are already doing it to certain bus sites that we are optimizing uh, the use of electricity in the in the electric bus uh, depot based on the spot pricing or the demand yeah. so these are these are actually multiple ways how you can all already solve these issues but in the end uh, i think uh, too old infrastructure in the grid is not sustainable in the reliability point of view so there there will be i, I think the investments would be done for other reasons as well I think um, you answered one of my next question there, actually, Tommy. I was going to oh, ask. If the, that's okay. <laughs> I was going to ask if the smart energy management solution supporting time of use spot pricing flatten the curve. Uh, do you think it will flatten the curve? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's, it's especially uh, when we are looking at this. Uh, sites that uh, are are charging the cars a little bit longer. I, I think it's this. Uh, there is a lot more possibilities, and I, I think even small tweaks in the demand of charging sites or chargers could actually help in in maintaining the whole grid stability. And uh, this is also one of our focus areas that we are looking at our software side, and also making our hardware compatible with that, that we can react fast to the requests. And uh, the the whole idea in in Kempo that we have been thinking about uh, the EV charging as an extension of the infrastructure, and mm -hmm. taking the the solution like we look at our dynamic charging, and and the changing charging powers already from the beginning for the limitations we have on the grid, or we might have the power consumption limitations. So. I think in in a way that uh, if 100 people lose electricity from their homes or one EV or let's say 20 EV drivers must spend five minutes more on the charging stations, I, I think nobody would argue that you would make the people's home higher priority or, or some yeah. kind of large production facility going to blackout. So these solutions will be needed. Well, uh, I think particularly now, and this brings me, this is, that was a wonderful lead there. For, thank you, Tommy. Um, proven scalability is critical. And the network of charging points, as of course, it has to grow in tandem with the EV market growth. But with the current energy crisis in some countries, Switzerland, for example, everybody's probably aware of this, they're looking at restricting the use of electric cars during power shortages in a bid to reduce energy consumption. They are it is strange times we're living through right now, something that, that nobody could foresee when all the plans were made five, ten years ago. Um, and, and I guess um, my question now is, this is a big problem. How do you feel we'll, we'll, we'll cover this? Will it be reducing uh, electric cars, as in Switzerland, or the use of, of, or do you think this is just a temporary measure to get us through the winter? I, I think that this is a temporary thing. I think we have to solve the whole energy crisis. And I think the biggest problems in current energy crisis are actually coming from fossil fuels. And the reduction of fossil fuels availability due to certain really bad actions from uh, from coming coming from part of Europe. And, and namely the the war going on in Ukraine and 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 the sanctions coming coming to Russia through that. So I think increasing the use of fuel in transportation is not the solution to energy crisis, which which is based actually on fossil fuels. 
So this is actually the wrong way to think. But I, I do agree with this po policy, what you mentioned in Switzerland, that if we are, let's say, jeopardizing uh, the, the country's electrical grid or people's homes or production facilities, the, somebody spending 10 minutes, 15 minutes more time on a charging site should be acceptable payoff for that. So, yeah. so definitely I, I, I do think that people need to understand as well that uh, I think the solution to oil problem is not using more oil for transportation. This is kind of absurd thinking <laughs> because the, the energy crisis is, is, is quite uh, focused on on the amount of fossil fuels and 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 is it gas or or, or oil? But this is actually using more oil or gas is not the solution to solve a problem with oil and gas. So it's it's kind of funny how the things are looking at the, looking at the lack of energy in uh, let's say electrical energy for I would say limited amount of time because we need to solve the issue anyway. Mm, yeah. is, 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 uh, we need to have uh, certain policies, of course, there that we, we don't jeopardize uh, people's living or, or, or some kind, let's say, large industrial facilities because somebody wants to save five minutes time. So I, I do agree with the policy. Yeah, good. That, that I, I do too, actually. Um, there is something else I wanted to, to um, have a quick chat with you about, Tom, if you don't mind, because um, I, I've been looking at the marine industry quite a lot recently. And I, my last podcast was was with Eric Tunahan from Danfoss. Um, and uh, Danfoss have obviously got a big marine um, situation going on there. Um, you're, you're looking at ways of charging cargo ships um, that will run on electricity. This has been a big question of mine in my mind. I can't get get can't work it out how it's going to work. Um, and I know you you're working on a project right now. Can you can you tell me tell us all a little bit more about about this project? And 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 it's also also about uh, for us it's a decorative project where we are looking at the research also how to charge cars on 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 the on the boats and how to use the electricity and then combine it for the reducing. We're not. Uh, Yet, uh, let's say long distance cargo vessels, I think that's more a hybrid system kind of thing that you can take the peak loads out because the distances are, are too wide. But where, where we are seeing actually the marine transport, I actually used to work at Danfoss, so <laughs> it's ah. a very, 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 very well known, known things for me. And it's a good yeah. that, um, let's say, Senior colleague uh, from uh, from uh, the marine part, actually, Danfoss made a really good comment that full electric uh, marine transport is is today feasible in areas where you can see the other shore. Mm -hmm. So it's a controlled routes. When we are looking at ferries going to islands, certain routes uh, which are always standard, it it makes uh, all the sense. Or we are looking at leisure vessels, which is more comfortable. But when we are looking long range freight I, I think that's full electric is still quite far away I, I think the one one of the last things I think there will be other solutions going for the lower emission solutions we are looking at the electrical fuels and we are looking methanols and and we are looking at ammonia ammonium uh, fuels and and different things okay. so I, I think the looking at really long range freight that will be electrification will help but that's still yeah. needs to have some kind of more traditional uh, power source could be even hydrogen uh, in, in yeah, when we yeah. are looking at uh, at the more cleaner ways of producing of course 
that we would have green hydrogen, but that's a whole another topic. That's another topic, uh, isn't it? We'll talk about that one in a couple of years. Sorry, yeah, we've got. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think it's finding the best solution, isn't it? The most cost-effective and sustainable solution, whatever and that, that, that may that be. actually works. Yes. Because we need to make things work in the world. And, and, and basically, we have to start with the applications that make sense now and which don't actually... Uh, let's say change the world too much that we would actually affect us because we would people would actually race against on changes that make the life really hard yeah that's true um so what challenges do you feel are going to have the biggest impact on the charging industry of the next decade tommy i think what we are now i, I think people talk about also this positive problem that uh, having a higher demand that you can uh, fulfill at the moment so um I think the the growth of the market is is extremely high, and then that's of course demands a lot from us manufacturers because we would be very happy to fulfill all the customer requests on delivery times and delivery uh, amounts that people are requesting. But it it seems to be that the demands are getting higher all the time. So I think it's also part of the challenge that. Uh, how can the manufacturing industry scale up together with the demand? Because this is a really big change and affects the complete world. And what we see also happening in the other side of the Atlantic in the US, where the government is pushing it very hard with also giving a lot of grants for the people who are building the charging networks. It will increase the global demand. And this is actually happening all over the place. We have charters now in Greenland, we have charters in Saudi Arabia, we have charters in Albania, wow. uh, the Iceland, this is coming, uh, Australia, Malaysia. The, when we are looking at the whole world and, and we are not talking about only personal cars, we are talking about the mining industry, we are looking at the harbour machinery and we are talking about certain waterways. So it's happening all at the same time. Not all are happening as fast as we see now happening with personal cars in certain countries, but it seems to be that it's it's a. I think I would compare it in the moment. It's the biggest uh, change after the invention of a combustion engine. <laughs> it is. It, I thought you were going to say after the invention of the wheel, there, Tommy. <laughs> oh, it, it could be, but I, I think the combustion engine was a so big change on, on let's say, manually yeah, uh, moving was. wheels. But uh, I think combustion engine was a tremendously good invention. Even I have a picture on my wall here for the from the first world's first charting network in New York from wow. uh, more than hundred years ago. Gosh, but yes. then, the, yeah. then the electric vehicles actually lost the battle because of the battery technology was not ready for the challenge. That's right. But yes, I, that's I think right. it's very interesting to see that picture that you have a charging network which, which has been existing <laughs> more than 100 years ago. Yes, yeah. It's uh, it is. I, I was. We'll have another story about that off off uh, off record, but I'll, I'll tell you about that uh, shortly. Um, so I guess. What one of the things that is coming to my mind again is because smart charging and vehicle to grid charging technologies sit within connected infrastructure, uh, which could be a potential target for cyber security attacks. And I know this is really huge. Um, how can this be future proofed? 
I, I think it's every everybody working with the, when we're looking at software connection must work like it's it's in higher higher our priorities as well to work work with cybersecurity, because also the people who want to do harm through the cybersecurity are evolving all the time. So it requires for everybody yeah. to work actually with better solutions, and I think this is in many cases of the world today that this requires a lot of resources on, on, on every industry that's working on the, let's say, infrastructure-based things that the, the attacks. I, I think pushing power to the grid is not yet uh, any cybersecurity risk, but doing the communication with the grid control system requires, of course, the attention of, of, of experts. Mm -hmm. Okay. And finally, I'll put you out of pain, uh, Tommy. Um, Chem power has grown massively with 328% growth between 20 and 21, with several successful partnerships formed globally, and you've mentioned some of them. Um, what is next uh, for your company? Where are you going to lead it next, Tommy? I, I think uh, our, our, let's say, US entry is something that we will tell in some months that what are the plans, and, and we have been communicating also outside that we we speeded up that that plan by two years because it's it's how our we have been running our company that we look at where the EV cars are actually getting high enough, and now the US changed the game a bit because they are actually building the charging network before the cars exist. So. Uh, if we want to be in that game, we have to be, have to be there as well. But another big trend actually happening all over the world is, I could say, working more than 10 years in e-mobility, that I see the trucks coming to the market with batteries. Yeah. And that will be a huge change, actually, and especially for us as in the charging market, because the batteries will be bigger, it will require higher, higher powers. Mm -hmm. we, we need to be making the deliveries in a, in a certain time. Because it's it's also um, making uh, your, the the car in in trucking business is actually the business tool making making the things happen. So I think yes. we are seeing now that the buses are already moving people. That that's more or less common. I, I think in mm -hmm. uh, most of the Europe countries, it's it's in few years, it's more than 50% of the new buses is electric, and that's more getting in the mature state. But the trucks electrification journey is just beginning. Mm, and I think yes. uh, we will see also from us also new solutions coming to the truck market. Yeah, I think I think, uh, and again, the hydrogen will element will be an element of that 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 in there for the trucks. But uh, yeah, le le let's see. That's an interesting discussion. Ah. No, no, ah. no manufacturer has been releasing any hydrogen vehicles that are um, that are affected. manufactured, and, and there is no manufacturing coming on. I, I, right. At least to, I, I see that. Uh, what we are looking at now that uh, even in truck manufacturing, like in personal cars, the, the industry is manufacturing and focusing on developing the battery electric vehicles. And if there is no hydrogen vehicles produced, oh, uh, yes. this is an uh, interesting I think it's a research at the moment, is it? I, I, I think it's a research phase and I, I think the fuel yeah. cells have been coming to the market as, as long as I remember, 20 years. Yeah. And the, it, it has a little bit economical challenge on, on, on being quite expensive way to move and yeah. also wasteful use of energy. So I think the energy efficiency should be the focus when we're looking at uh, tomorrow's solutions and not to be looking, is the energy coming from diesel or is it coming from uh, electricity or electricity doesn't come by itself. It has to be produced in some way. Exactly. Yeah. And you use the same electricity to produce green hydrogen, and it's a mm -hmm. lo lot less efficient. 
Yes. So I, I think the solution for that, for our energy crisis, is not to use less efficient solutions. And I think that has been also waking people now up that mm. this might be actually not so good idea when we are already struggling with the amount of energy available to yes. use uh, so-called uh, with the inefficient way. So let's see how that happens. It's interesting actually, as a former powertrain engineer working with the vehicles, or hydrogen yeah. systems, uh, I've been involved in several projects, in the, but I haven't seen them actually coming to the final stage. No, so let, let's see true. that it, it, it actually goes and, and long distance transport, uh, there will be alternative fuels. Is it hydrogen or is it something else? Uh, yes, of course. This is, uh, and, and you don't actually burn the hydrogen, you actually use it as a, it's still a work, walking electricity power plant when you when you think At about it. Yeah. yeah. But um, it's, it's going to be interesting to see over the next decade uh, how everything evolves. But I think, as you say, the battery, um, is the way forward right now. So at, at the moment, yeah. that, that's a focus area. And I, I think yeah. it's not so black and white that there will be one solution how to move things in the world. I, I think there will be several. Some are dominant in certain sectors, some are dominant in the other sectors. So yeah. uh, I think the energy efficiency is the thing we must focus on and using the solutions that are most energy efficient, not to waste energy in, in, in losses. Yeah, I think you're absolutely spot on there, Tommy. Um, Thank you for your time today. This has been an absolute fantastic half an hour um, from my point of view. You've covered, so you know so much, Tommy, and I think it's, you know, the last 11 years that you've spent in the industry, um, you have been exposed to so much and um, some of your ideas are clearly working for Kempower and we'll be, we'll be watching closely your company. Um, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. It really has. Um, perhaps we could... Uh, in a year's time have a, a similar obviously we'll be in touch in between hopefully but in a year's time we could gather up and do another podcast and see how it's evolved and, and what what's happened in this very exciting arena and future world that we're all developing um thank you tommy thank yeah. you very much indeed thank you thank you jane and i i can i can say to you that uh 11 years ago, starting in the e-mobility sector was a bit different market than it's today. So, mm, yeah, it, it's been really interesting years. Yeah. I bet it has, and, and more to come. But hopefully yeah, it will yeah. be easier. Hopefully it will be easier. I forward. think it already is a quite e much easier it was uh, <laughs> back yes, in the day. So, yeah. yeah, back in those days. Yeah. Thanks, Tommy. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye.